Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, yesterday we talked about uh, the revelation gifts. And today I want to start talking about the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, now I'm not going to start sharing a testimony as I've done every day because there are some testimonies included in this in this lesson. Now, the three there are three power gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the first one is the gifts of healing. And the second one is the, um, as I have lifted them, uh, listed them, the gift of working on miracles and the gift of faith. So let's start talking, first of all, about the gifts of healing. <coughs> but, but there's a fundamental prom uh, premise before we talk about the gifts of healing is the fundamental premise of healing. Healing can come through two sources, or rather, I should say two ways. The first way is healing by the Word of God. That means you study the Word of God and faith is built up by the Word of God. And by that faith, you receive that healing that you need from God. That is that is the first way. The second way is healing through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When people are healed, either through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, through the gifts of healing, or the gift of the word of, uh, I'm sorry, the gift of faith or uh, the gift of working on miracles. But now th there's a huge difference. There's a big difference between being healed by faith in the word and by, and by being healed by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the difference is this, when it comes to by being healed by, by faith in the word of God, uh, you get healed because of your own faith. But when it comes to when it comes to getting healed through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, faith is not required. In fact, most people who are healed through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're healed in spite of them not uh, having any faith. But uh, this is how God just does it. But there is another area which is very critical. And that is that, uh, you know, if you get healed by the word of God, say, for example, you built up your faith in the word and God heals you that way. Now, when that happens, um, the next day, some of your symptoms come back. You know, the devil comes and puts some of the symptoms on you again. Because you have been trained in the word and you are strong in faith, you know the word of God. So when that thing ever, if, if it ever comes back to you, it doesn't have to, but sometimes it does. If it comes back to you, you know how to stand and, and stand your ground. And you can say, devil, you cannot put this on me because I have a covenant with God. God is a healing covenant with me. Jesus Christ bore my diseases by his stripes. I'm healed and I refuse to accept this disease in my body. So I curse this thing. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Now you can do that because you know the word you are trained in faith. But if you get healed through the gifts, the danger is that this is the danger that the next day, if the symptoms come back to me, you don't know how to stand because you're not strong in the word. You have not trained yourself in the word. You have not uh, uh, renewed your mind in the word. You don't know the word. You've just been healed through the gifts of the spirit. So when the symptoms come back, you know, you'll say, oh, my goodness, I guess the healing didn't last and it wasn't God's will or I've gotten sick again. I don't know what to do. That is a big, crucial difference in situations like that. Because the person who is healed by faith in the word of God, he knows how to stand. Whereas the person who is not healed by faith, healed to the gift, 
he doesn't know how to stand because he has not been schooled in faith. No, both healings are from God. The one that is by the word is of God. The one that is through the gifts of God. So what should we do? Should we choose between the two? No, we should have both because we want everything that is of God, either both one and the other. So how they work together, this is the way I put it, that I as a minister, I, I mean, I know the word, I minister the word, but I also flow in the gifts of the spirit. Now, you, you know, some people, they say, oh, I will just preach the word. I don't need the gifts of the spirit. Other people will say, well, I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't need this faith business. That is wrong. We need both the word, the word of God, and we also need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, when we minister to the sick, basically, primarily, our ministry should be through the word by preaching the word of God and by imparting the word of God. And by this, by doing this, we will be imparting faith unto those people who hear us. And then to supplement that or to complement that, the gifts of the Holy Spirit can come in and, and people can be touched by the gifts. So I believe the ideal situation is not to choose between the two, but the ideal situation is to is for both to work together in combination that, uh, you know, if you if God has called you to pray for the sick, that you build your your healing ministry on on the word alone. And then you pray for the gifts, too, so that the gifts come in and supplement and complement the whole thing. All right. So that is a, uh, you know, that is a very, very important, uh, uh, important fundamental premise. Now, now to get down to, to the actual gifts of healing, this is the only one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the word, the, actually the gift, which is in the plural, because it is not the gift of healing, it is the gifts of healing gifts of healing. Now, why is it in the plural? Well, um, this is my take on it. Okay. This is how there are many uh, men of God far greater who in, uh, in knowledge and wisdom than I am. And everyone has given a different explanation, but this is my explanation. My explanation is that, and my observation is that there, there are different kinds of diseases and God endows his servants with different gifts of healings to deal with these different diseases. For example, my spiritual father, uh, uh, um, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen, Pastor Kenneth e. Hagen, he had a tremendous gift for people with cancers. I mean, if someone had a cancer and they, he could lay hands on them, they would be healed. I mean, lots of people dying of cancers were healed in his ministry. In fact, that appeared to be the thing where he was, he had the most success. And I believe that was his gift, you know, that was. And then I know other people, there was a famous uh, preacher in South Africa. His, his gift was people who were deaf. I mean, if you were deaf, you went to his meeting, your ears would be open. And that was his gift. So, uh, you know, God heals, God, look, God uses us. And he heals all kinds of diseases through our prayers and through laying on of hands. And he does that. But 
There are times when we observe a pattern begin to develop that in your ministry, you see this one or two kinds of um, diseases that are healed uh, more than anything else. Or, or you might have uh, some of these, you know, some people from cancer, some people with this, some people with that healed. But there's this one disease, people will get healed all the time. And that is your gift. So there's different kinds of diseases and there are different gifts of healing, if, uh, if you understand what I mean. So I believe um, that is how it works and, and the gifts. And so let me put it this way. <clears throat> you don't have to have a gift of, he uh, of healing upon your life to be able to pray for the sick. We should all pray for the sick. Doesn't, even if you're not a pastor, I mean, doesn't matter. If you love Jesus, if you're a believer, you can pray for the sick. If you're a housewife, you can pray for the sick. In fact, all of us, we should all be praying for the sick. And, uh, but then there are people who God has specially anointed with gifts of healings and, and, and he uses them also. So don't say ever, don't ever say that, well, I don't have a gift, a gift of healing, so I can't pray for the sick. The Bible doesn't teach that. You lay your hands upon the sick and the sick shall recover. You go by faith. And the more you, <coughs> you go on the word and pray for the sick, what's going to happen? That's when the gifts begin to come in. The gifts usually, this is what I've noticed. The gifts usually kick in when you're faithful with the word. If you stay faithful with the word and you stay diligently with the word and you preach the word and minister the word, and that's when you'll see the gifts begin to kick in. The gifts begin to kick in and they begin to come into to complement it. And that's the best combination. The word and the gifts of the Holy Spirit working together. Okay, now the next one I want to talk about, uh, the next gift is the, is the gift of the working of miracles. Now, the gift of the working of miracles is it, it releases or activates miracle. The, when the gift of the word of miracles is flowing, it, that gift, it releases, it can speak forth, it can release miracles and God does that. And I can give you uh, examples. Uh, I can give you, you know, the best way to illustrate this is through stories. You know, like uh, we, we, you know, um, one of uh, one of the ways of working on miracles was when Jesus raised up Lazarus. He stood outside the tomb and he says, "Lazarus, come forth!" And that was a working of miracles. That was that was a working of a miracle. He he released. He spoke forth a miracle. Lazarus, come forth! Or when he said. When, when he, uh, you know, when Peter said to the man at the, at the, the lame man at the beautiful gate of the temple, he said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was the working of a miracle. You know, you release and you speak forth a miracle. So that's uh, a working of miracle. Now, I will, I will go to the gift of faith later on, explain to you later. But the difference between the gift of working of miracles and the gift of faith is that the gift of working of miracles is is active and the gift of faith is passive the gift of working on miracles releases and speak forth a miracle but the gift of faith is passive it receives a miracle and i will explain to you uh, the difference you learn it so don't don't worry now i can give you some example uh, say three examples the first example i want to give you i was uh, preaching in a tent meeting in sweden this was a uh, 
before I went to Bible college, uh, in, uh, you know, I, before I went to Bible school at Rama, this was in 1981. And uh, the tent was set on a, on a flat piece of ground on a, almost like a hillside. And so one day they, they were thinking there would be a storm and this wind began to blow. And especially, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was stormy and it was a big tent that seated hundreds of people. And it was a bit, you know, uh, swaying and moving around. And when I got inside the tent and I began to preach, while I was preaching, I mean, the storm got so bad and everyone began to look around and there were pieces coming off. And, and so, you know, then they knew that just a matter of time before the storm blows the tent up. It was terrible. And we were inside and, uh, and the Lord told me, just stop this thing. So uh, I stopped. I said, I said to the interpreter, the pastor was my interpreter. I used to preach in English in those days. Uh, I said, <laughs> I said, pastor, there's a storm. Let us stop this. And he looked at me and I pointed my finger out. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command this storm to be still in Jesus name. You know what happened in three seconds? That storm just, just disappeared. I've never seen anything like that. It just like this, it just disappeared and it was totally still after that. There was not even a breeze. And you know, that was like 39 years ago, but you know, people are still talking about it. I mean, people are still to this day, people remember that those who were in the tent at that time, you know, there were people who were like, who were like 20 years old, who were like 60 years now, old now, they remember that, but that was, one of those moments, you know, I mean, it, but, but it has to be God. You can't, you can't just make these things up. You know, I was there and, uh, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit just said to me, stop the storm. And, and you just, you know, that was a working a miracle. And, uh, so Jesus did that when he was on the boat and he stood up and he said, peace be still. And the storm was still, but then you might say, well, what about when Paul was on the ship and then, and, and, you know, and the storm came and, uh, and then, uh, didn't Paul try to still the storm? I'm sure he did, but why didn't the storm get still and the ship sank? Well, if you look at that story, God told Paul and he said, he said that, uh, that this ship is going to sink, but there will be no loss of life. Why did God do that? Because I believe God had a purpose because if you read the rest of the story, you will see that after the ship sank and then Paul was hanging on to a spar, a piece of wood in the sea in the Mediterranean for three days and nights. Then he was washed aside on the island of Malta. When they were in Malta, they were freezing. You know, there had been the water in the sea for three days. And then uh, they, they gathered some wood and they lighted a fire to warm themselves. And then uh, as and they gathered around the around the fire to warm themselves. And as they were warning the, warming themselves, a snake came out of the out of the pile of wood as it was getting very hot. And he bit Paul and he attached itself to Paul's hand. And and people said, oh, this guy, he must be cursed by the gods because he survived the sea. And now the storm, now the snakes had 
had, you know, the snake has, has got him. But then what did Paul do? He shook the snake into the fire. And then everyone now, they were saying, oh my goodness, this guy. And then as a result, there was a move of God and there was a revival. And that was God's purpose. That was God's purpose. So if you say, uh, do you think, did Paul try to still the storm? I'm sure he did. That's what I would do. That would be my first thought in that situation. But the storm wasn't still because God had another purpose. God's purpose was to take Paul through all that, not because God wants storms or he wanted Paul to suffer, but because at the other end, there was a revival. There was a move of God. Sometimes uh, you, you, you look at things like, you know, at this instant, you're locked in this moment of time and then you wonder why didn't this happen but you've got to look at the whole picture and the whole picture uh, uh god sees the whole picture and that that's his purpose his purpose is not this but his purpose is that he wants to create to bring about a move of god and so that is what happened so i want you to understand that so that's why i'm saying there's no there's no uh there's no uh, pastry uh, cutter or sorry cookie cutter formula to these things but you have to obey the Holy Spirit and when in that tent that day that's what the Lord said to me and I just stopped and the and the storm stopped so that is that is one now this second story is uh, is um, in Makoba in Zimbabwe that was my very first crusade in Makoba and and I remember one night uh, as I was uh, preaching and, uh, and, and and then I finished, did the altar call. I was going to pray for the sick. So I said, okay, I want the sick to come forward. And a woman came pushing a wheelbarrow. And um, in the wheelbarrow was her husband. I mean, he was totally shriveled up, emaciated. He was like a skeleton. Just you, all you could see was rags and a head and arms and legs hanging down thin like pencils and he, he was dying. I mean, he was without hope and his wife came pushing that wheelbarrow. And uh, again, and a lot of people were there wanting prayer, people on crutches, crippled people, just all kinds of people. And then, <coughs> sorry, as I began to pray, the Lord told me, there's a man here with crutches and tell him to drop his crutches and begin to run. And I said to myself, I said, well, this, this at least 50 or 30 or 40 people with crutches in front of me. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? There's plenty of people with crutches. The Lord said, no, there's a guy in the crowd with crutches. Just speak the word. That's what he said. Speak the word. So I pointed my finger out and I said, there's a man right there on crutches. And the Lord is saying, you drop your crutches and run. And instantly a pair of crutches flew in the air and this guy took off running. Now, he was noticeable to everybody because he was wearing white shirt and white trousers. So you could see this guy dressed in white and he began to run. And as he ran, the crowd just went nuts. I mean, the place came unglued. People were shouting. What I didn't know was this man used to be a police officer and he was one of Zimbabwe's first, uh, first motorcycle cops. And that's what, that was when Zimbabwe, they, they were given by the German government a, a dozen BMW motorcycles. So they had a selection process to select police officers to be motorcycle policemen. It was a prestigious thing. And this guy, he was from this town. And so when he got selected, everybody knew about him. His picture was in the newspaper. He was a son of the local town. And so 
you know, he was one of their boys. He was famous. So anyway, but uh, one day he was in a high high speed chase and he hit a pothole. The motorbike went flying through the air and he hit a tree and every bone of his body was crushed and broken. He was in traction for two and a half years in hospital. Finally, they invalidated him and he was he was released from the police service and and put on some kind of pension and he was on crutches moving slowly his life ruined destroyed and there, there were some bars close to the crusade ground across the field actually and he should sit there drinking every night just in misery so what happened was that he had been drinking and he left the bars and he came to the crusade ground was hearing me preach and then when i pointed i happened with pointing directly at him as I found out and I said there's a man there with crutches and he suddenly threw his crutches and he took off running and when he took off running the people saw him and suddenly uh, the people in front of me I saw I saw a group of people who were also sick come for prayer they gathered around the the emaciated dried up guy on the wheelbarrow and they began to shout at him in their language come on get up man and slowly that man began to stir <coughs> and he began to move and he got out of that wheelchair wheel wheelbarrow he began to walk and he began to run then there were other people throwing their crutches there were crippled people moving and blind eyes opening miracles were happening all over the place and we had wonderful testimonies that night and that crusade that crusade ignited a revival, a move of God in Zimbabwe. And from there were some young pastors who were working with us in that crusade who had left their denomination because their denomination, they thought, had gotten dead. And they launched, in, they were inspired and they launched into their own crusades. They, they even copied our decision cards and they did their own crusades and they began to plant churches. And some years later, their leader, their bishop, he died. And then that denomination, they came under our ministry. And now I'm like their leader and they've got, you know, a few hundred churches in Africa. So I'm, I'm, I'm the leader of the denomination now. But what I want to say is that that man with crutches in Makoba, he got healed. And that was God's purpose to ignite that that through that miracle, there would be many other people healed and it would ignite a revival and a move of God that would give birth to many, many churches and a lot of evangelism. So, you know, one thing can ignite a lot. And so, but what was it that ignited all that? It was a gift of working of miracles. God telling me there's a guy there with crutches, with crutches speak out the word. And I, you know, we can't fix these things. We can't do these things. We can't create revival. Some people say, oh, I can pray for revival. Look, we can't pray for nothing. We can be at the feet of Jesus and seek his face. That's what we can do. But God decides how he's going to do it and what he's going to do. And that's the way the Lord does things. Hallelujah. Remember that. So we don't understand everything. We can dream our dreams and think our thoughts, but God is the one who chooses the time and the place and he puts his finger on it and he speaks to you. He says, speak this word and you speak it and the miracle happens.
Praise God. The third story I want to tell you is, uh, uh, is, is I was doing a crusade in Blantyre in Malawi. There's a field there called the BAT ground. It's a football soccer stadium. And on the last night, I mean the last day actually, the crusade was in the afternoon. The place was packed out. And way in the back, there was a beggar. He had been born crippled and he used to crawl on the ground. I mean, he had never stood on his life, he stood on his legs his whole life. He used to crawl on the ground. And what happened was uh, when I began to pray for the sick, the power of God hit him and he jumped to his feet and he began to run. And people began to run after him. And I began to shout, what's happening? And somebody said, it's a crippled man. But I said, come, come here, share the testimony. But he ran out of the stadium and he ran, he ran away from the crusade with hundreds of people running after him, shouting. I mean, the place came unglued. Anyway, what happened? He, as he was running through town, I, I mean, you know, I, I saw it later. I was a bit upset first because... I wanted him to come and testify, but you know, I didn't even get a picture of him. He ran off. But as he was running through town, people were seeing him, people were shouting, people were running after him because many people knew who he was. And what happened was that this word spread. And we finished the crusade that night, but the next day, a crowd of people came to the field. And this is what the pastors told me, that for a full week, People, I mean, the word spread and people were coming not only from that city, but from other towns and villages. And as they came to that field, there was no, uh, we were gone. There was no crusade. There was no equipment. It was just an empty field. But as they came and they uh, set foot on that ground, people were healed. I mean, they were like scores. I don't know. I don't have count, but there were tons of people healed when they set foot on that ground and God did a great and mighty thing through that miracle. But that came through, uh, you know, because, but you see, you can say, how can that happen? Well, there were two things. Firstly, it was the working of miracles. I spoke out that word. And the second thing was that I believe that the gospel of Jesus is so powerful that when it is preached under the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it even has the power to saturate the soil upon which it is it is preached and that is what happened that day and that's why for a full week people were coming and getting healed there and God moved in that place praise God that's the gift of working on miracles tomorrow we'll talk about the gift of faith but let's pray together father in the name of Jesus I pray father that through these lessons there shall be an impartation of your Holy Spirit upon my brothers and sisters who hear my words. Father, who hear uh, these words, and I ask you to touch them. Father, I pray for everybody who is out there who hears my voice, who has any sickness or disease in his body. I curse every spirit of infirmity. I speak life and health and healing in Jesus' name. Father, bless and touch everyone and let their homes be blessed. Amen. Now, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I want you, you've heard so much. We are not finished as yet. We'll continue on the Holy, Spirit's, uh, Holy Spirit and his gifts. But this is what I want you to do. I want you already. I mean, I'm on lockdown, so I can't go anywhere. But if, if you are not under lockdown, wherever you are, uh, look for every opportunity to pray for people. Pray for the sick. Minister to people's needs, okay? Because that's a part of growing in faith. God bless you.